0: Good morning. Let's begin with the prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for the gift of saints, the gift of women, doctors of the church, for the gift of the little way of the little flower, St. Therese. And I pray, Lord our God, that we would recognize the opportunities you give us each and every day to do little things with great love, to do little things with great love for you, Lord, that we would show our love for you. And in this month dedicated to the rosary, to the gift of this rosary given to us as a church, Lord, I pray that you would stir into flame a, a true sense of Marian devotion, a sense of devotion to the Mother of of the Son of God. Lord our God, I thank you for the gift of our Mother Mary, and I pray that we would uh, grow in our own insight and impact as it relates to the role that the Blessed Mother would play in our lives, in our marriages, and in our families. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. It's funny, Carrie and I... When we met and we were courting and getting to know each other, it was sort of an interesting clash of upbringings. We both grew up in devout Catholic homes. Carrie grew up in a home where she went to Mass every day with her family. They chose to live and build a house right next to the church so they could walk to church on a daily basis. So very devout. Uh, In fact, I should wish a a very happy birthday to uh, Mary Margaret, my mother-in-law my favorite (laughs) mother-in-law and of course to Christine. I just love Christine, Carrie's sister who uh, lives with uh, my mother-in-law and listens every day to the program. Uh, Christine is wonderful. Uh, she listens with Milo and uh, with uh, Marie Grace and, and for, with Lucy and so many others. And I just uh, love being able to talk to Christine and hear about the many things happening uh, in that home. So Carrie grew up in a home, very devoutly Catholic, going to Mass. But when we met, one of the interesting things was that she said, I just don't get Mary." And it wasn't anything offensive. It wasn't like I'm turned off by the Blessed Mother and by devotion to the Blessed Mother. She had gone to Franciscan University and had certainly seen and experienced many of her friends having a deep sense of devotion, a deep sense of love for the Blessed Mother. But her own background and spirituality was one more associated with the spouse of the Blessed Mother. That's the Holy Spirit and uh, one related more to the charismatic renewal. My background also involved the renewal, but I also had inside of me a, a, an influence that was connected more to the contemplative approach to uh, the, the life of prayer, uh, contemplation, meditation, and devotion to the Blessed Mother. And so that was something that was nurtured in me during my years in the seminary. But even with that said, I wouldn't consider myself someone who was like so, That I guess I would say I would self-identify as Marian, but just rather that I was Catholic and I also loved the Blessed Mother. Well, in our own married life, the idea of being consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of our Blessed Mother is something that Carrie and I have done. And praying the Rosary, I know, is something that we've done as, uh, as a family, and uh, it's something that I think uh, I, I'll let Carrie share more about her own story with this, because she's discovered what we'll call the relentless side of the Blessed Mother uh, in the past few months on our journey. Yesterday, I shared a really neat story, and this kind of launches me into the, the program today, and that was, oh yeah, that's right how do I expect the faith to be handed on unless it's taught? (laughs) Unless I make an actual effort to teach my kids, are they just going to absorb it in the environment? Well, hopefully, yeah, but sometimes they just have to be taught. And the story I told real briefly is that my son, John Mark, he's going to turn 14 in just, well, in two days. He mentioned in passing that he was praying the rosary at night by himself. we would say our family prayer, then we'd go to bed. He would then pray a rosary. And it's not something that we had taught our kids to do, but he knew that and had seen that we had moved a bit away from, for a time, um, praying the rosary on a daily basis as a family, and had been trying to integrate types of prayer that come from our kids, more initiative from them. Well, John Mark uh, I asked him, I said, Why did you start praying the Rosary on your own at night? And he says, Well, it was because of that video we watched. And this video was on YouTube, and it was actually uh, a homily, but posted on YouTube. and it just had you know, some um, slides, some pictures that would just kind of be put in that really wasn't essential. It wasn't a video, but it was an audio uploaded onto YouTube. That's becoming increasingly popular. And the uh, the sermon, the homily was on the promises. It didn't cover all fifteen, but it said some of the homily on, like, so let's call it the the core promises or seven of the fifteen promises that our blessed Mother made to those who pray the Rosary. And it was a was well done, and it had an impact on my son so much so that it impacted his behavior, his way of relating to the rosary, and it led to a new behavior. You see, because he saw the rosary differently, it changed his attitude towards it, how he related to it, and that impacted his behavior. So now he was praying it on his own. And I'm like, oh, that's right, yeah, Tom. When the church says that we are to be the primary educators in the lives of faith of our kids, it means that we do have to take efforts and, and sometimes serious efforts to actually foster the faith in our kids. And one of the ways to do that is to lean on the voices of others, especially in the teen years where our kids are looking to voices apart from their parents that can speak with a kind of authority and credibility and impact to, to move them to in the, in the direction that we want for our kids as well. And so this uh, particular sermon had that kind of impact. And I was just like, wow, I had no idea. He didn't tell me this. But it was starting to bear fruit. And I'm like, how did I forget this? How did I, how did I doubt this? How did I not like recognize that if, I'm, if I am, I am the primary educator in the lives of faith of my kids along with Carrie, then I better be doing some things intentionally, consciously, to actually hand on the faith. And that also means hand on specific elements of the faith. And so it wasn't enough to just be in the habit of praying the rosary. It wasn't enough to just have me pray the rosary rosary privately and secretly, if you will, for my kids on their behalf that a faith would emerge in them. But also it takes some specific efforts to hand on the faith through using well some of the resources at our hands, and so we've done that now several times using YouTube and drawing out certain videos, often about the Blessed Mother. In fact, we did one on the on the uh, the, uh, the, the 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 tilma of Our Lady of Guadalupe. We did one on. Uh, the uh, the the miracle of the Blessed Mother down in Ecuador uh, in the rock itself is uh, is an image of the Blessed Mother and two saints, uh, and so this one in particular uh, this one is about the Rosary, and so uh, I want to share with you the these mysteries. Uh, the, I'm sorry, these promises of the Rosary. And do so in a way that also will kind of break them open and say, what do they mean? And hopefully as a, as a means of, well, encouraging you to take the action of praying the rosary yourself, especially during this month of October. And let me also say this, especially in the light of the synod for the Amazons that is happening in Rome um, and it's coming up in, in a couple of weeks, and it's gonna happen in, in the course of the month of October. Um, you're gonna have, we're gonna have the bishops, some, some of the bishops uh, delegated and, and sent to be part of the Synod in Rome, um, gathering around our Holy Father and discussing a number of key issues related to the church's life in the Amazon. But that synod is going to touch upon some really crucial issues that have universal application, even though it's the specific circumstances of the Amazon that is bringing them to the forefront. So, for instance, the question of priestly celibacy or the question of God's revelation. How does the revelation of Jesus Christ, God's revelation to the world, which goes beyond what God, what, how God shows up in creation itself, how is that revelation present to or at work in the culture, the customs, and the religion of the native or indigenous peoples of the Amazon? That's a complicated, sophisticated uh, uh, theological issue. And so it's a whole complex of issues related to God's universal will to save, the concept of seeds of the word that God sows in the hearts and in the cultures of different peoples around the world. And what does that look like? How do you discern between the elements of a culture that can be elevated and purified and then transformed through the revelation that comes from Christ versus elements in a culture that need to be purified and eliminated? right so our prayers our praying of the rosary you know this is the month in which that synod is happening praying the rosary for the synod fathers the bishops and the special theologians and, and the, our Holy Father himself who will be at work during that synod uh, pray for the Lord's guidance for the Holy Spirit to enlighten what happens during that synod okay Let's take a look at these 15 promises. These 15 promises, again, uh, that our tradition tells us were uh, made by the Blessed Mother and given to St. Dominic or, and or to uh, Alain de la Roche or Elaine de la Roche, a 15th century Dominican. And so uh, here are the 15 promises. I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to start going through them all and uh, in, in just offering some reflections. Whoever shall faithfully serve me by the recitation of the rosary shall receive signal graces. Whoever shall faithfully serve me by the recitation of the rosary shall receive signal graces. Well, what's a signal grace? Those of you that have done a little bit of study in the theology of grace are probably familiar with terms like actual grace and sanctifying grace. Well, what's a signal grace and and, uh, what does that mean? Well, a signal grace is more than just like some kind of, like think of a signal, like a sign, like a signal saying turn right. So you could think on the one hand of a signal grace as like a pointer or an inspiration that will move you in a certain direction. Well, a signal grace actually means more than that. It means more than just like a pointer that would say, go in that direction. It's actually a, a graced movement by which the Lord himself moves you in that direction. There's a, a kind of supernatural strength that uh, pushes you in a direction, in, in a way that's out of the ordinary. It's more than just a, a, a prompting or a nudge no, it's a. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Jesus, after he was baptized, it said that the Holy Spirit pushed him into the desert, drove him into the desert, led him into the desert. Right. This this is language of a strong <laughs> inter divine activity in the very life of Jesus. That's that's kind of like that's sort of a, a an, an analogy for a signal grace, that. By praying the rosary in a faithful way, you can expect that the Lord is going to move in your regard, move in your life in a way that is sort of like the push or the driven quality of the Holy Spirit's activity in in the life of Jesus going towards the desert. That's the kind of work that you can have in expect and look for in your own life and you know that's really helpful like you think of the the stories of of like at a human level people like here you're going to get hit by a car and someone comes along and pushes you out of the way right (laughs) think of it like that think of it like the lord will move in extraordinary ways to move you out of harm's way or to move you into the right way i like that I'm in on that. I I would love to have that kind of clear, clean, indicated guidance of the Lord. And I have to admit that in my own life there have been a few occasions where I have sensed the pushing of the Lord. Like the Lord just forcefully just kind of indicating to me, you are to move in this direction. Though the interesting thing is I never really, well I never, connected it to my praying of the rosary. Now who knows, maybe it wasn't a signal grace uh, associated with the praying of the rosary, but it certainly felt like a signal grace as theology defines it. So you know what? I think I'll just say out loud, that for me is uh, at least an indicator of one of the promises of praying the Holy Rosary being alive in my own life. All right, when we come back, I'm going to share with you some of these other 15 promises associated with praying the rosary. Please stay tuned. Hey, welcome back to Sunset. This is Tom Curran. So I do want to make a distinction here as I'm talking about these 15 promises of the Holy Rosary, and I'm doing this as an encouragement, as a a kind of a spur, or maybe an inspiration or an encouragement, whatever language you want to use to get you to pray the rosary and to do so during the month of October. And to do it with a sense of fervor and devotion. And if that's a hard thing, just grind it out. Just do it anyways. (laughs) Just pray the rosary and see what happens. Uh, Now, it's not magic, right? And these 15 promises are not magic. It's not like, okay, I put in my time, I prayed my rosaries, and I'm here to collect on the fulfillment of these promises. In fact, that kind of works in a way that's absolutely counter to the very spirit of praying the Rosary. Uh, as you pray the Rosary, one of the prayers that you pray at the very end, it is after the Hail Holy Queen, is that by meditating on these mysteries, we may imitate what they contain. We may imitate what they contain, and obtain what they promise that we may imitate what they contain. So if you think about the five joyful, uh, luminous, sorrowful, and glorious mysteries, if you imitate what they contain, you're thinking about the flow of salvation history from the annunciation to, of our blessed mother all, all the way to her coronation in heaven as queen of heaven and earth. That's quite a flow. <laughs> it's quite a flow of, of the history of salvation at work in your life, coming alive in you. Let's just say that's the kind of thing that leads to the fulfillment of the very promises that we're going to hear about. But I also want to just say that these 15 promises are not, you're not going to find them in the scriptures. You're not going to see in Paul's letter to the Philippians, hey, my brothers and sisters of Philippi, pray the rosary, and here are these 15 promises that are associated, right? This is what's called a private revelation, a private revelation, which means it's not part of the revelation that came uh, in uh, through Jesus Christ and, and ended at the age of the apostles, but it's something that was revealed to an individual, to St. Dominic or to Alan de la Roche, and it is something that is uh, of a pious uh, belief, meaning it's something that you can accept for your own spiritual benefit and pursue, but it's not something that you can impose on others and say, this is uh, required to be believed, just like you believe in the Blessed Trinity, you have to believe that praying the rosary reverently will lead to these 15 promises. No, so there's a pious quality, there's a quality of devotion associated with them, and while those are typically not meant to be the goal of praying the rosary fervently and devoutly uh, and faithfully, it's one of the things that can certainly aid you, especially when you're struggling, aid you to say, you know what, I want to be faithful in praying the rosary and and, and believing and hoping that these promises that are associated with it just might give me the encouragement I need to continue on the path. So for instance, uh, it says that, the rosary shall be a powerful armor against hell. It will destroy vice, decrease sin, and defeat heresies. That's pretty strong stuff. It's a powerful armor against hell. It will destroy vice, decrease sin, and defeat heresies now i gotta tell you how i find that working in my own life if we just took the powerful armor against hell this is clearly in our tradition you look at the different encyclicals of the popes you look at the writings of the saints just take just as one for instance the writings of saint padre pio whose feast we just celebrated last week and you see what he said about the rosary, and he calls it a spiritual weapon. He himself continually prayed the rosary, had his rosary with him, and, and, and was, you know, just in terms of the people who witnessed to, to the life he lived, was constantly fingering his beads, constantly praying the rosary. So his sense of devotion to the Blessed Mother as expressed in the rosary was something that led him to the insight, and he was someone who experienced tremendous spiritual warfare, demonic attacks coming against him, that the Rosary was for him a great spiritual weapon in his own, uh, his own missionary work of fighting against the powers of hell, whether that was coming against him, directly, or whether it was uh, coming against souls that he was rescuing through his ministry of uh, hearing confessions and uh, his own, if you will, his own union with Christ on the cross uh, expressed in the stigmata, the wounds of Christ in his life. And so I will say that in my own life, that I have leaned on the Blessed Mother as expressed by praying the rosary in times where I was afraid, where I was feeling at a loss, powerless, out of control. Uh, in Not out of control, just in terms of my behavior, but in the circumstances where things were just so much bigger than I was, there was nothing I could do about it. I have regularly turned to the praying of the rosary with a sense of, let me call it a, a kind of holy desperation where I'm crying out to the Lord and just praying the rosary as my own expression. And you know what, uh, I, I, this is just kind of just sharing this off the cuff, is that um, when, when I, maybe you, When we're in a situation where we feel particularly exposed and vulnerable and and powerless and even overwhelmed, it's hard to find words. It's hard to find the right words because I think sometimes we're trying to find like, what's the magic formula? Like, what can I say to just have God move? What can I do? Please, I need to say something, please. God, I need you to like, Lift me up and out of this overwhelming situation. I need you to enter in and move with power to address this situation that just seems so like beyond me. And I'm just utterly desperate, Lord. I got to tell you, in those kind of circumstances in life, it is like really, really hard to uh, find any words to pray. So having that sense of confidence in the rosary that it's a spiritual armor against hell. It destroys vice, decreases sin, and defeats heresies. Man, having that in mind, having that clearly in mind, is so very helpful in terms of helping us like live our lives of faith, in terms of helping us get through times, seasons, and situations like that. So I know I have found that. And so I just want to just give testimony to that, that it is true. I have seen that promise fulfilled in my life for sure. Okay, so then let's take a look at another another one. And this is the fourth one. And this is going to kind of bring us against, let's bump it up against, let's call it the paradox of praying the rosary. So the fourth promise is this. Uh, praying the rosary will cause virtue and good works to flourish it will obtain for souls the abundant mercy of god it will withdraw the heart of men from the love of the world and its vanities and will lift them to the desire of eternal things oh that souls would sanctify themselves by this means and that's again that's quite a lot to put on the praying of the rosary Cause virtue and good works to flourish, obtain for souls the abundant mercy of God, withdraw the hearts of men from the love of the world and its vanities, and lift them to the desire of eternal things. And part of me says, "Well, wait a minute. When I pray the Rosary with my family, uh, I—that's not what seems to happen." <laughs> so we uh, announced to our family last night that okay, you know, we've kind of you know given the last month over to. Praying differently and giving kids a chance to like influence how it is we're doing family prayer. But now we're in the month of October, and so we're going to pray the Rosary again as a family every day. And um, and where we got creative here, yeah, because let's just say there wasn't rejoicing <laughs> in the current household; uh, there was moaning and groaning, and so. Uh, we said, no wait a minute we can pray during the day we don't have to pray this at night and this is frankly one of the gifts of homeschooling is that um, since we have the kids here during the day, we can pray during a time that is more suitable, a time that makes it let's say it, it disposes the they're more disposed right to to enter into this there there's a greater chance for success, honestly and so when I think about that, it's like, wait a minute, let's take advantage of what it is that God gives to us and what God gives to us um, right now in the right now moment of our lives is that our family is together, that all the kids are, since they're being homeschooled from senior year of high school all the way down to second grade, is that they're around during the day. So let's pray during a time of the day that the kids are actually in a good mood have more energy, not so tired, not not feeling like they want to just move on with their night. And so we are going to take better advantage of the times that the family are together. Of course then our kids got strategic and said, "Oh great, we'll pray the rosary in the car on the way to homeschooling and get it over with." <laughs> I don't know if that's the most devout attitude that I've heard. Very strategic, very practical. Um, But I got to tell you, let's, let's, let's begin where they're at. Begin where they're at. I will say this, that causing virtue and good works to flourish, obtaining for souls the abundant mercy of God, withdrawing the hearts of men from the love of the world and its vanities, and lifting them to the desire of eternal things. I have experienced that. But let me tell you specifically where I've experienced that. And it is, I've experienced that in an initiative that I started and launched 10 years ago today. 10 years ago today, October the 1st, 2009, Kelly Masterson and I prayed the rosary live on a website called rosarylive.com. Yes, that's right, rosarylive.com we prayed the Rosary Live on the internet. And we used Facebook to announce it. In other words, we would post on Facebook, hey folks, come on over to Rosary Live. Because at that point, Facebook didn't have the ability to stream live, uh, uh, live video events. And so we created our own page and we developed and used technology that uh, literally my staff built in order to be able to stream live on the internet. And so I know that it's like really common now and an easy thing, and you can do it from your phone and all of that. But 10 years ago, it was extraordinary. <laughs> it, was, it was something that was just frankly extremely rare. And I, I bring this up because it just shows that I just have felt this burden, this sense of like a, a let me call it like a, a burden, a missionary burden to get into the digital world and to let the face and light of Christ shine forth. And I have to say, of 10 years of praying the rosary live on the internet, now I just do it on Facebook. So much easier. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. Uh, 10 years of doing this, I have seen this promise fulfilled. I have seen souls obtain the abundant mercy of God, good works flourishing. I have seen not just in myself, but in others, the hearts of men drawn from the world and its vanities. It has been so powerful. If you haven't experienced it, please, I encourage you, become a fan or a follower of I Love My Catholic Faith on Facebook and join me. Typically, it's at around 6.30 in the morning, and it takes— you don't have to be there the whole time. It takes about 45 minutes to pray the rosary because I'm praying for people's intentions and, and praying, if you will, as the Spirit leads to minister to people, and it is so powerful. And I'll tell you, it's such a blessing to me to be able to do that. So you can always go and watch it too because once it's done live, it's available there to, to watch after the fact if you want. So take your pick. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of uh, recorded versions of me praying the rosary uh, on Facebook. And I share that with you only because it's really been God's gift to me more than my gift to God. It's, it's really been, if you will, the, the, the gift that the Blessed Mother has given to me to stir me to feel this sense of, I just have to do this. And, and really it is, I have to do this right now. In the now moment of the church, instead of hand-wringing or complaining or criticizing as my first, prompt, most prominent or only activity regarding things that are unfolding in the church today, no. Let's actually take the Lord at his word. Let's take the Blessed Mother at her word, especially at Fatima, and let's pray the rosary every day. And day. Let's do it with fervor. Let's do it with faith, and let's watch what God can do. I've seen I, I see stories of it throughout uh, the history of, of the church once the rosary became a, a devotion and, and became widely spread. Uh, you know, it, in the life of St. Dominic, it was used to, to defeat a heresy, the Albigensians. It's been used literally as a, as a spur, as an inspiration that is associated with a military victory. The, the Battle of Lepanto is a famous one. Uh, even, in, uh, even in this past century, uh, after the Second World War, you have uh, Russia departing from Austria, because a lot of people point to the work of a priest whose goal was to get 10% of the population of that section of Austria to pray the rosary. And sure enough, it's a great story. I'll, I, should, I should kind of lay out the details of it uh, so I don't get it wrong. But there are just tremendous instances of where the people of God made a commitment to pray the rosary with a sense of confidence with a sense of boldness, uh, trusting in these promises and in what the Blessed Mother shared at Fatima. And sure enough, you see the Immaculate Heart triumphing over even the powers of this world, not just the powers of darkness, but even human powers, like tanks and guns and armies. And what is a powerful testimony to the reality that God is bigger than all of this. He's bigger than our problems. I'll be back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Hey, welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Kern. I'm sharing with you some insights into the traditional 15 promises associated with the praying of the rosary. Again, this is a private revelation. Uh, In other words, it's not something that you have to believe, but it's something that certainly great saints have believed. And uh, other very holy men and women uh, in, in the, over the past centuries have embraced and promoted as a means of encouraging the faithful to pray the rosary. Now that we're in the month dedicated to the rosary, it's a great time to pick up that practice, to, to take it on, try it for a month, and, and see what happens uh, there are 15 promises. I I won't have time to go through them all, but I'll, I'll just go through a, a few of them a little bit more quickly in this section. I promise my special protection and the greatest graces to all those who shall recite the Rosary. Well, how comforting is that, right? When we think about the role that our Blessed Mother has as this great intercessor, not to the Father but to the Son, a great intercessor too our one mediator to the Father. Jesus is the one mediator. When we put this focus on the Blessed Mother, it's not meant to diminish, it's not meant to displace, it's not meant to distract from Jesus Christ at all, because our Blessed Mother always points to Jesus, always leads to Jesus. And when we come to our Blessed Mother, Mary, with devotion, you'll discover that she begins to not only pray for you, but will enhance your own understanding of Jesus. Because who on earth knew Jesus better than the Blessed Mother? Who had the purity of heart, the holiness of life, the sinless life that gave her unique insight and unique participation in the saving mystery that her son accomplished by his life, his passion, his death, and his resurrection. And so our Blessed Mother has been established by God himself to be that mother of mercy in our lives, that mother of grace in our lives. And why would we say no to such a gift? Why would we leave the gift of a mother like the Blessed Mother? Why would we leave her on the sidelines? Okay, so praying the rosary is our way of honoring that gift, honoring her as our mother, and it's a way of picking a, uh, like a, picking a bouquet of flowers and presenting them to her with, our, with the love that a, you know, a child has for his mother. In fact, that, just that whole theme of childlikeness, uh, that was the gospel yesterday, right? It, it was, you know, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And then Jesus took the little child, and just said, you know, be like the child. This is the one who's the greatest in the kingdom. You know, it's not those who make the biggest noise in the world, it's not the rich and the famous and those who hold powerful positions. No, it's the humble, it's the childlike, it's those whom God can approach, God can use, God can pour into, you know, empty vessels that are available to him. And those souls, are not always lifted up before the eyes of the world to be seen and acknowledged. And so our blessed mother lived mostly a hidden life, yet God exalted her. And so the acts that we make, the acts that we make like praying a rosary are gonna just be hidden from the eyes of the world. And yet God sees and God will use and the Father will honor. Okay, so let's continue on. Uh, The soul which recommends itself to me by the recitation of the rosary, shall not perish. That doesn't mean shall not die, but it's talking about uh, falling into hell. And so there is a way in which if you are turning to the son through his mother, and just saying, Mother Mary, please, lead me to your Son, lead me to the Savior, and I am entrusting myself into your hands through this rosary to say, please, take care of me. Please take care of my spiritual life, my journey, because I want to honor your Son in all things. I want to be like you, a total yes to the Lord. You know, when I pray the rosary, I think of the fourth glorious mystery. The fourth glorious mystery is the assumption of our Blessed Mother into heaven. And when I pray that mystery, I always come back around to that Mary was always yes to God. That's why she didn't experience death the way that we do. She experienced this falling asleep. That's uh, one way of talking about it in our church's tradition, the Dormition. This translation, this transference of Mary from here on earth to heaven. That that happened in a way that she didn't suffer the degradation of her body because she never sinned. She always lived a yes to God. It was unpolluted, and it was complete. And I love that. I love that phrase. You know, was it was always a yes, and it was it was just unpolluted. It was undiluted, and that's what I want my yes to be. So I think about that as a way of um, of helping to guide me to heaven that i want to stay near to and i want to imitate our blessed mother's yes let it be done to me according to thy word okay this is the the next one is almost my favorite whoever shall recite the rosary devoutly applying himself to the consideration of its sacred mysteries shall never be conquered and never overwhelmed by misfortune God will not chastise him in his justice. He shall not perish by an unprovided death, meaning unprepared for heaven. The sinner shall convert. The just shall go, grow in grace and become worthy of eternal life. Man, when I read that, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. That's exactly, I mean, I w- definitely don't want to be conquered and overwhelmed by misfortune. I don't want to experience God's chastisement, which I clearly deserve, uh, by a life that has not always honored the Lord, that has settled for less and still settles for less on a daily basis. And so the devout recitation of the rosary, bringing upon that kind of grace at work in my life that could conquer in me what resists the Lord, I'm in for that. Okay, and then um, just continuing on a little bit, whoever shall have a true devotion for the rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the church. And what a blessing is that, right? To be able to receive uh, confession at the end of my life, to be able to receive the anointing of the sick, you know, to prepare me for the journey home to heaven. Wow, how beautiful is that? Uh, I shall deliver from purgatory those who have been devoted to the rosary. Amen. Hey, who doesn't want to have a short time in purgatory? Oh, man, I love that. Uh, Those who are faithful to recite the rosary shall have during their life and at their death the light of God and the plenitude of his graces. At the moment of death, they shall participate in the merits of the saints in heaven. Amen. I mean, like, it just gets getting better and better. You shall obtain all you ask of me by the recitation of the rosary. I got to tell you, that's what actually emerges inside of me when I'm praying the rosary on the internet. When I'm praying the rosary live on the internet, there is really this surge of confidence in me when I'm praying for others. There really is this surge of like a real strong sense of like the Lord is hearing this prayer, my brothers and sisters, he is at work and, and it's very powerful. And so I, I want to encourage you that if you're willing to take on this task for the month of October, to pray the rosary and, and make, a, make a real attempt, not just to go through the motion, the motions of just saying the prayers, fulfilling the obligation, checking the box, but entering into it with, with, a, with an effort to say, I want to understand the prayers. I want to I know what the mysteries are. And I'll take efforts to actually meditate on them. I Trust me, or trust these promises and the words of popes and saints for, you know, uh, hundreds and hundreds of years. You will be blessed by it. Uh, All those who propagate the Holy Rosary shall be aided by me in their necessities. Wow, there we go. Here I am. <laughs> hey mother mary are you are you watching are you listening uh i it, it's not why i do it but it when i was reading through these in preparation for the program part of me just sort of welled up honestly like there was this i was moved it was emotional to me just to read these mr uh these promises because i don't really like i don't know the promises and i haven't looked at them for I don't know, decades really, and it's not. It doesn't motivate me. It hasn't motivated me in a long time to to be a reason why I pray the the Rosary. It was at the beginning when I when I read it. It was like definitely a spur. And again, it it was an encouragement to say, oh, I want to do this. I don't want to miss out. Um, but so going back to it now, it was like reading it. Um, you know, reading it again for the first time, and discovering, wow, this this is really beautiful. This is really moving and. Uh, And and that's what I experienced. Uh, Devotion to the rosary is a great sign of predestination. Wow. That's just, again, that's a sign that the Lord, he's gracing you in a way that will lead you to heaven. And you can have confidence in that. That's powerful. I mean, what more is there? Well, I'm not done yet. (laughs) I'll be back in a minute. Do you have a comment or question about today's Sound Insight radio program? Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran is produced by Sacred Heart Radio and listener feedback is welcome. Give us a call at 800-949-1050. That's 800-949-1050. If you enjoy listening to Sound Insight, donations can be made online at sacredheartradio.org. And thank you to all of our generous donors. Hey welcome back to Sun Insight. This is Tom Curran. And uh, in this section, I just have a few more of these promises to share. And then I've got a couple of um, announcements. I want to just give you a couple of updates about some things happening, just as an encouragement to you to grow in faith during the month of October. So I'm reading through today these 15 traditional promises associated with praying the rosary during the month dedicated to the rosary. And just think about it like that for a moment, right? There are only 12 months of the year, and, and the church dedicates the different months of the year to different like, themes, right? So we all probably are aware May is dedicated to the Blessed Mother. June is dedicated to the Sacred Heart, right? So now we have October, and it's dedicated to the rosary, right? That's pretty strong, Right, we we maybe will think about it in terms of oh we talk a lot about life issues during the month of October and that's true, but the tradition is that uh, the the month of October is dedicated to the the Rosary, Our Lady of the Rosary, and so uh, of course on the thirteenth of this month we'll have uh, the feast of uh, Our Lady of Fatima, or we'll have the am oh, sorry the at least the the uh the the date of the um final apparition of our Our lady of fatima with the miracle of the sun and so um so beautiful things to recall during this month as well um so let me just finish off with the remaining promises and then uh, go on to those comments boy if you haven't heard enough yet about like wow why would i want to incorporate the rosary into my prayer listen to this one uh, this is the 10th uh, promise. The faithful children of the rosary shall merit a high degree of glory in heaven. The faithful children of the rosary shall merit a high degree of glory in heaven. And it's like, wow, not only do you experience blessings now and here, but it actually impacts your forever. I was talking to someone recently about like living life here and now on earth. And I said, more and more, my life uh, i'm I'm thinking about my life in terms of um, when I get to heaven, what will I regret when I think about like my time on earth, and what will I regret doing and and can I say about this particular activity, you know what I will not regret doing this when I get to heaven and and of course it's more than just doing the will of God um but I mean like for instance, dedicating yourself to praying the rosary daily, will you really regret giving over a portion of time in your day every day to the praying of the rosary? Are you going to regret that when you get to heaven? Or will you say, thank God, Lord, you are so merciful to me for the graces that you won, for the protection it gave, for the mercies that were bestowed, it preserved me from, protected me from, delivered me from, so many things. Wow, thank you, Lord. Kind of like um, uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, uh, the venerable, hopefully soon to be blessed Fulton Sheen, um, with his uh, his daily commitment to an hour of prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And he considered that really sort of the lifeblood of his own priesthood, the fruitfulness of his own priesthood was that he stayed close to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and that he nurtured his own love and devotion to the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament um, through an hour of adoration. And boy, you want to talk about a practice that could reawaken the church today, uh, especially a reawakening faith in the real presence of Jesus Christ how about spending time in adoration, spending time in the presence of the Lord and the Blessed Sacrament? For that matter, weave them together. You know, bring your rosary and pray a rosary in the presence of the Lord. and uh, and and watch how the Blessed Mother just might, in fact use your praying of the Rosary in the presence of her son to help awaken and deepen your own uh, awareness, your own insight into, and your own adoration of the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. So I, I would say those are kind of hand in hand, you know, devotion to the Blessed Mother and devotion to the Blessed Sacrament. It wasn't St. John Bosco, it wasn't his sort of vision, he had a like a famous vision or dream, and the Blessed Mother and the Blessed Sacrament were two of the were they the two or two of the um, two of the, uh, the the protections or the, the, the protection from the storm? Uh, well, it sounds good <laughs> if it wasn't. I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. And so uh, yeah, I want to say they' they're pretty intimately linked. And then how about this? You shall obtain all you ask of me by the recitation of the Rosary you shall obtain all you ask of me by the recitation of the rosary. I ask for some big things as I'm praying the rosary. I really do. Uh, Because my praying of the rosary really is part of my call to be a father. Honestly, when I think about when I pray the rosary, am I praying it like from that standpoint that I'm a son of God? In other words, in my own intimate relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Am I praying the rosary out of that out of that aspect of my sense of identity, mm, yeah, but not really that much. Is it from the standpoint that I'm a husband married to Carrie, my wife? Yeah, that for sure. Maybe a little bit more than the first one, the first aspect. But really where it, it, it comes to the forefront is in my role as a father, as a leader, provider, and protector for my kids. Because I think sometimes I feel a bit powerless I feel a bit like uh, at my wits end. I feel a bit um, like maybe at a loss. And so praying the rosary, turning to the to the Lord through the rosary as an act of praying for my kids, for their protection, their provision, and for their guidance, for, for the Lord to lead them. For me, that's a really beautiful to read this promise that you shall obtain all you ask of me by the recitation of the rosary, because my most fervent, ardent prayers when I pray the rosary, frankly, are for my kids, really and truly. Um, I will add in one other. I think there there is another intention that has emerged in the past mm, six months to a year as I pray the rosary, And it really is traced back to my further exploration of Our Lady of Fatima and her call for a daily praying of the rosary uh, to end the war, um, but also to save poor sinners who are near to death, but far from God. I've mentioned this before, but I want you to hear it again, because it's not just, again, a checking the box, like, oh, the Blessed Mother asked for it, I'll just do it. But when I kind of get into that place. When I when I get into that place of my heart and I sort of feel my way into the idea that somehow, wait a minute, the Lord is going to use this rosary as an act of penance and reparation. In other words, to uproot sin and to make up for the damage caused by sin of some poor soul who is in a place of spiritual death. In other words, they are in a place of spiritual death like bondage because of a mortal sin or mortal sins they've committed and they're literally like falling towards hell in other words they're approaching the last moments of their life and they have not uh within them uh, a grace of contrition a grace of compunction for their sins they're not crying out to the lord for mercy and for forgiveness but they're in a a kind of a lost spiritual state and there's none to rescue them. You know, there, there was no one to preach the gospel to them and to call them to repentance. There was no loved one to say, are you ready to die? And do you want me to call a priest? Whatever their circumstances were, they're now near to death, but far from God. And yet the Lord loves these souls so much. And yet, he honors the order that he has established that he, through the Blessed Mother at at Fatima, has drawn us into the work of being, let's call it, like uh, called to take up a position standing at the gates of hell, there to provide sort of a, a hand to catch these souls through the praying of the rosary. Like, what a stunning idea that someone would come up to you in heaven and say, I don't know how to thank you, but you're praying of the rosary. You actually, God used that. God used that to show me mercy in the final moments of my life. And I owe my eternity to the Lord, but to what the Lord did to stir you to pray for me. I would have been lost had it not been for you saying yes to the Lord and his desire to save me. How do I ever thank you? I mean, what do you say to that? Right? Like what compares to that? Now hopefully that gets you moved to want to pray the rosary. Alright, today Sudden said I've been reflecting on the different promises, fifteen promises for praying the rosary. I hope these have been a blessing to you. And do encourage you to join me tomorrow for more Sun Insight. God bless your day.